I was listening to the uh, message that Pastor Allen preached last Sunday, You Are Blessed, to be a blessing. And it ties into the little bit of the word that I have for you today. And say this with me. You are because he came. Okay. So we want to start. I want to start in Isaiah, if you will. Isaiah 9. And I'm not calling anybody out or anything like that if you don't have your Bible. We live in, a, in an age where, you know, usually the scriptures are up on the screen and stuff like that. So, And I've gotten used to that. So don't think, well, he always carries his Bible around and everything. I'm not, no. I, if I do, it's on my phone, you know, usually. You know, my little, my little thing. So anyway. But Isaiah 9 and 6 reads this. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And then there's one other one I want to share with you. If you go to Matthew, Matthew 1, first book of Matthew, first chapter. Matthew 1, 21, and it says this, And he shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Matthew 1 and 21. Now, you are because he came. You are what? You are saved. You are redeemed. You are healed. Anybody else got anything else you want to? Just righteous, free, victorious. Just yell them out as they come to you. Hallelujah. Forgiven. Amen. Now, there's one forgiven, anointed, greatly loved. So we protected. Watch your mouth now. You're talking about something strong right there. Protected. But I want to I want to go to one. You are forgiven because he came. Because he came. Why did he come? He came to redeem us back to the Father so that we might be in right relationship with him. He also made us heirs and sons or daughters of God as a result of his coming, right? You believe that? Now, the world we live in, the world we live in, there's a large majority that would have us kind of camp right there. We'd be right there. We're, we're redeemed. I'm good. You know, um, when I used to, uh, I'll be clear, when I used to tour as a professional musician, a lot of places we would go, we'd play like Vegas, Atlantic City, you know, Tunica, Mississippi. They had those casinos and different things. And so we'd go in there and I was a pretty good blackjack player. I'd go and play blackjack. But see, my thing was, when I got to a certain point, I'm good. So it didn't matter how much could be won. It didn't matter how much I had to lose. When I got to a certain point, I'm good. So 
if I go in with $100 and I came out with 2000 I ain't putting no more money in it. I'm good. Okay? And that was kind of my hanging point. That was kind of my secret is, you know, everybody, man, you always win. Yeah. Because I know what I'm going to invest, first of all. But more importantly, I know when to say when. Now, I'm not saying that as an advocate for gambling or anything like that. I'm just telling you. I was at a point to where I'm good. You feel me? As believers, we get to this thing because we're saved and we're set apart that we're good. But how many know that you weren't saved, pilgrim, just for pilgrim? Your salvation has everything and nothing to do with you at the same time. How does that work? Well, here's how it works. God saves Vince, but in the context of that salvation, there's a burden. There's a responsibility to you. And it's given even, even Jesus himself gives it, go ye therefore, making disciples of all men. So once you get saved, okay, I've got a burden now. I've got to go and help someone else come to know Christ. Does that make sense? There's a burden to it. It's not, oh, I'm just going to saunter through life and everything's going to be wonderful and I'm going to be, you know, if I was a little bit lighter, I could saunter and then you'd really get it. The country that we live in has been caught up for quite some time. And I'll go even deeper. The church has been caught up for quite some time in this I economy. We've been bogged down with I. Me. Myself. You know, I've been privy to walk with some really mighty men of God. But some things that I saw in walking kind of made me go, we're missing it. You know, I, I don't want just myself to live well. I don't want just me to enjoy a good life. I want to affect people in my world. So there's a scripture I want to share with you, and then I'm, I'm going to be relatively brief. If you go to Mark 4, Mark 4. Mark 4.35. Now read this scripture because it's, it's, uh, it's become a part of my life. And it's kind of where I hang my, I try to hang my hat daily. 4.35 says, And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, talking about Jesus, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the boat. And there were also with him other little boats. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was now full. And he was in the stern of the boat, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. 
And I shared earlier that almost every time I've ever heard this particular passage of Scripture or these verses or these words spoken of, it's always on the majesty and the power of Jesus, how he commands the waves. Or, or it's always on faith, how, you little faith. And it's always on that. It's always, it's, and for some reason, it would always, you know, those were great messages. I love those, those messages. But for some reason, it just it never sat right with me. I always felt like there's something missing. And here's what I found. In 36 it says, and when, he, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the boat. And at the end of that it says, and there were also with him other little boats. Bam! There it is right there. There it is. Other little boats. Some, some scriptures say other ships, other little ships. Um, lately I've come to understand little boats because... I'm not a water guy, so I've come to understand little boats as other worlds, other people. Because how many know that you yourself are a world? Did you know that? You're a world. Your life is a planet that has other planets that orbit around it. And everything that happens in your world affects those other planets, affects those others that are in your orbit. Affects those others that are a part of your solar system. I'm not trying to be scientific or anything. It just sounded cool to say it that way. Um, but does that make sense? Does it make sense? So here's the thing. Here's the disciples on the boat, Joe, and they're just kind of going along, and then all of a sudden, bam, the storm starts rocking and going crazy and all the other stuff. Here's what happened to me. I went to, I went to Amarillo, Texas a couple of weeks ago to sing at this really big event, and it was awesome. The third flight, because I flew out Saturday to a rehearsal, flew out Saturday morning, flew back Saturday night so that I could be here for Sunday morning service, did the Sunday morning service, called another flight back to Amarillo, and on that flight, the third flight, and I'm tired, I'm, you know, I'm pretty fried at that point, but on the flight, we hit, you know, how many know sometimes the flights ain't all that smooth, you know, just... Matter of fact, the, the shorter the distance, the littler the plane, and the littler the plane or the smaller the plane, the more you feel. So we're on the plane, and, and we're riding, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm, you know, I've been flying all my life, so I'm kind of used to it. But we're riding, and I'm just kind of dozed off, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the plane did one of these deals. And it did it again. But the, when it did it the second time, when we went down, we didn't come back up real fast. So it was like, oh, hey. And that was this, and this, is, this has happened to me a few times. There was this lady that was across from me, and she was just, you know, she started praying, you know, just, oh, Jesus, oh, God, oh, Lord, oh. You know, she was just freaking out, you know. And then this dude behind me, now listen, what's in you will come out. <laughs> now she had Jesus coming out of her, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. So, but this other brother had something else, you know, and he was letting it go, you know. And I'm in the middle of it going, Lord, see, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, 
in my mind, I'm saying it like that. Lord, I know that, that there's a purpose for my life. I know you have a plan for me. I know that I'm standing on your word. And we are going to get here, get to where we're supposed to be safely. I'm trying to be cool, you know what I'm saying? Because normally I'm pretty cool. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be laid back. And she's up here, and she's getting louder because the plane all of a sudden is, you know, one thing, it's one thing to do the little dipsy doodle thing, but when it starts doing that, you know, the lean and then the dip and then the lean and then the dip, hey. So finally, I got, so finally this guy, and he's cussing. I mean, he's letting it go, you know, and she's doing her thing, and I'm in the middle of it, and I finally, I just couldn't take no more of it. And I said, shut up! God, and I I honestly said this, God has ordained me to sing at this place today. He would not call me to a destination that he does not intend for me to arrive. Therefore, we are going to be fine. So you need to shut up. Now, was it all of a sudden just peace and smooth? No. I ain't got it like Jesus. But am I here today? Do you see anything broken? Therefore, I made it safely. And I told you, I sang in Amarillo. That means I made it to my destination. So what happened? They benefited. From my peace. Now, my peace came at a price. You know, it came. I had to do a little bit. I wasn't Jesus' whole peace. You know, I don't know what I would do if I had that kind of power. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I was watching this movie one time, and I can't remember the brother's name, but he was wasting his. Like, he was parting a cup of coffee. You know, like he could, God had given him powers or something, and he was parting a cup of coffee. And I'm like, man, if I could, you know, if I had that kind of power, man, I wouldn't be parting no coffee. I would be, you know, you know th- th- there's that whole ego side of me. It's like, you know, this I, I, I need help, you know. But the point is, your life, your salvation, your redemption, everything there is about you is for others. You might not notice the others, but guess what? Everything that affects you affects somebody else. It'll never matter what it is. It's going to affect somebody else. I promise you, just keep on living. That's what my mom used to say, keep on living. If you have peace in your life, just start paying attention around you, and you'll notice there will be people who benefit from the peace in your life. But it works the other way, too, because if you got a jacked-up life and you got stress and all this other stuff, you start watching your friends, and they, they, oh, what are we going to do? Uh, how are we going to get through this? Uh, you ever know, you, you ever walk with somebody, and 
they're always on edge. After a while, you're like, man, my back hurts. Just, my, it's, it's, my, my knees are always killing me. It's, but, but it's, you're around that source of stress. And see, in our country, we've lost the ability to care. I'm not talking about giving money or anything like that. Because how many know, most of the time, when people give money, it's so that they can ignore the problem. I used to live in New York, Manhattan, to be exact, East 86th Street, 25th and 6th. And that's a pretty nice area as the city goes. But no matter where you go in New York, no matter where you go, no matter how nice it is, there's some homeless people. There's some bums on the street. And so I would watch every now and then because the, I was pr- pretty young at that time. So I used to take my guitar and I would go down to the subway, take a little acoustic guitar, subway, and just sing Sam Cooke songs and, you know, Otis Redding songs and stuff in the subway. And I didn't see my thing. I wasn't singing to make a living. I was singing because I liked to do it, you know, because I was signed to Warner Brothers at the time. So I had money. I would just go and sing and, and just kind of watch people. And people would come by, and, you know, I had a, uh, my guitar case out, and they would throw money in and all that kind of stuff. But in the exercise of that, I got a chance to see how some of the homeless people were surviving. And... Here's the thing that I've learned about helping people. If you can help a person without looking at them, you're lying to yourself. Because most people, a bum on the street, they'll hand him $5, but they never noticed him. They never saw him. Somebody out with a sign says, we'll work for food. You know what I do? I don't do it all the time. There, uh, there have been occasions where I'll read the sign. I say, is that real? Yeah. I said, well, let's go get something to eat. Not buy their food. If you're hungry, that's the least I can do is feed you. But guess what? Here's the, here's the price for that. When you care about somebody, you take on some of that burden. So it's as simple as getting their smell on you. A lot of people on the street, they don't clean. They can't clean. So you got to be willing to not be so fresh when you go around them because you know you're going to pick that up, that aroma. You can't be offended by that. That's just part of it. Think about Mother Teresa holding that little baby in her hands. That baby's probably never been bathed. Or helping some poor mother who is homeless. And she probably hasn't bathed. And, you know, that stench is amazing. When we went to Romania, my wife and I, the burden for me wasn't that we were going to be with this church and we were going to sing and lead worship. The burden for me was, Miss Laura, when we went in 
to little hearts, to little baby girl, the disease in her eyes. Nothing I could do about that. But be with them. That's all I could do was, was be there with them. When I invested myself in them, invested my spirit in them, I don't have any I don't have anything to give you. But I'm with you. And if I ever get anything to give you, then I don't when I give it, it's gonna be real. It's not gonna be me trying to make you disappear from my conscience because I put five dollars in a hat. Or make you disappear from my heart because I put $10 in some bowl or something. You're not a bum on the street to me. You're a person that matters. You're a life that counts. And I know that if I can affect your world, then it will affect someone else's world that comes in contact with you. And if they affect that world, then over time... Over time, I said this way and I'll shut up. There's a, there's a part in the Bible when it talks about the church, the early church, and it says, and such as was needed was added daily. And it also reflects that there was no one with need. You ever remember reading that? How did we get so far off in the church and in our world to where there's such great, great need that's not being answered? I'll tell you how we did it. I'll tell you exactly how we did it. We stopped caring. We lost our ability to love. I'm not talking about love like, oh, I love you, or, you know, I wish the love of God on your life. No. I'm talking about love that is, you know what? I am so concerned about you right now. And I'm going to reach into your life, and I'm going to get to know you, and I'm going to make the investment in knowing you. It may not be a dime spent. Somewhere along the way, We've got to get back to that. The last example I'll give you is, I know he wouldn't want me calling him out, but I got to because I love this brother so much. My, in my life, my experience with police officers has by and large been bad experience. I remember being a little boy in Lexington, Kentucky, going from Louisville to Lexington, singing with my brothers. Our manager was a guy named Sam Jones who had a 76 Lincoln Continental. We got pulled over after singing at a concert in Lexington by a police officer who referred to all of us as coon. Had Sam get out of the car and said, your, your taillight is out. Sam said, no, my taillight is not out. This is a 76 Lincoln. It's a really nice car. He took a stick and broke the taillight. He said, oh, you got a front light out. Also, took the stick, busted the front light. 
Then he said, that's a $50 fine. That's another $50. You were speeding. And so Sam said, okay. He's not going to argue. This is all true. Sam said, okay, I'm not going to argue. Paid the guy $200. We took off. We're driving. We got maybe the distance of maybe, I don't know, 500 feet. He pulled us over again. Your license plate is expired. That's $200. Sam had $100. Was it? We made, you know, a little money singing at the program, and that was the, he was, he gave him the $100. I'd love to tell you that that's as bad as it got, but I watched the same cop have Sam stand up outside of his car tell him he was resisting arrest, and hit him in the head. I'm a little boy seeing this act from a police officer. Fast forward, I'm in Leland, Mississippi. We're singing, coming out of the church. I notice across the street a couple of sheriffs. And at first I think, okay, they're just kind of standing around. It looks like they're dancing. But then as I really, you know, it gets clear, I realize they're beating a the guy up. My life was filled with police officers acting that way. I come to Granbury, and I have a situation. And one of the nicest things that ever happened, I was coming out of a, I left church to get some lunch one day, coming home, I got sick, got a migraine, had to pull over, and I'm moving fast, had to pull over, and so I pull over in front of the Walmart, but I can't really see because, you know, when the migraine hits me, it messes with my sight really bad. It was a really cloudy day, so I couldn't really see, so I parked wrong, but I just pulled over just to, I said, I'm going to put my car here away for this part of the, you know, your vision goes, but your head still hurts, but it comes back. Your vision comes back. So I'm going to sit here and wait. And I'm sitting there. I kind of doze off. I leave my car running, kind of doze off, and all of a sudden somebody knocks on the window. And I, can, I roll the window down. I can, it's a police officer. Sir, I saw you pull over, um, and I, I noticed. Are you all right? And I got a headache. My my. I got a migraine. I can't really see. He says, turn your car off. Just stay right here. Turn your car off. And when it comes back and you feel better, go on about your business. So I roll the window up, fall asleep. I think I'm asleep maybe 10, 15 minutes. I don't know. Knock on the window again. Same police officer comes back. Mr. Anderson. I went to the store and got you a Mountain Dew and some Tylenol. I never had that kind of exchange with a police officer. It was life-changing for me. James, who sings on the praise team, I, 
I've talked with him countless evenings. And in my mind, I went, Lord, where are the Jameses on the police force? One of the nicest. You know, if you have, you know, here's a guy who says, you know, to the other officers, why would you do that? I mean, they do something silly or just because they can. He's going, why would you do that? It's going to make them hate us. He's operating with the capacity to love that for a guy like me is unheard of. Why? Because he's concerned about others and giving his life for us is the concern and the care of everyone else but yourself, others. I've been redeemed. I've been saved. I've been set apart. I've been delivered. I've been healed. I have a life. I have a a son that is beyond my wildest dreams. I have a wife who loves me and loves me. Loves me. I find myself at night going, Lord, thank you. But I also find myself when I get up in the morning, God, how can I give back out of all you've given me? How can I impact others? I would challenge you this year, new year coming, to consider others. More so than you consider yourself. I'm not telling you to give up. You know, give up all you have, your worldly goods. No. But I am saying, let's not let people be that bum on the street that you don't want to see anymore. The guy at the Salvation Army with the bell that you you just kind of hear ringing, it just becomes part of the noise. Amen? Thank you. Other ships were benefited in that sea by Jesus creating calm. And may the peace that God gives you infect everyone in the sea of your life. Amen. That's so wonderful. Divine Grace, come back up and do another song. Bless you. We show our appreciation.
Your prayer. 